This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Friday the 23rd of June. Flux fam, we are back with another What The Flux recap series. Our very final in the recap series. And we'll be back with our daily bite-sized business news on July 10th. Now today, we're looking at some of the biggest finance stories from January to June this year. And Brett, I must say, there have been some pretty juicy ones. Oh well, Juzzy boy, with cash rate rises jumping 12, and I said 12 times so far, to 4.1%. The banks have been pretty core to our lives this year. But not only that, we've seen a range of fintech companies step up too. So let's take a look back at a few of our top finance stories for the first half of 2023. For our first, the Reserve Bank of Australia is looking likely to receive a big change with two boards instead of one in a major overhaul by the Treasurer. Supposedly the biggest shakeup since the early 90s, B-Man. A big play here, so tell me more. Okay, so the Reserve Bank of Australia is responsible for ensuring financial stability in Australia. And Brett, over the past 12 months, the RBA and its cash rate decisions have become one of the hottest topics every single first Tuesday <laughs> of the month. But over the past 12 months, it's only been up. So in July 2022, Treasurer Jim Chalmers began an independent review of the central bank. The plan was to look at all things RBA related. Think inflation targets, communication about interest rates, board structure, and even culture. Are we having enough team days? How's the Christmas party <laughs> shaping up for this year? Now, Brett, following this review, the Treasurer has made a recommendation... Not about the Christmas party, <laughs> but to separate the Monetary Policy Board from the Governance Board. Which would oversee the central bank's operations. Think HR, think finance, think risk management. So what is the key learning here? For such significant decisions, it's important that too much power is not in too few hands. While the RBA board is currently nine members, much of the current authority sits with the governor of the RBA. And Jazzy Boy, we know that setting and raising interest rates has enormous implications on the Australian public and and the Australian economy. So this new dual board model will basically allow RBA board members to either have roles in the operations of the central bank or have a role setting the interest rate. For our second story, global investment bank Credit Suisse is in turmoil after a number of major investors withdrew investments from the company. Go on, B-Man. So some context, Juzzy Boy. After the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, fears have been spreading over the stability of the internal entire global banking sector. And it's fair to say that both investors and the markets have been feeling a little bit nervy. Get this, on Wednesday last week, Credit Suisse shares crashed as much as 30%. And there are a couple of reasons behind the drop. One, Credit Suisse said it had found material weaknesses in its own financial reporting. And two, its largest shareholder said it could not provide further support to the bank by buying more shares. That shareholder is the Saudi National Bank, which has 9.88% stake in Credit Suisse, and it can't have a greater stake than 10%. So after investors heard this double whammy, mm-hmm. it led to a major stock market sell-off for Credit Suisse, which is why it needed an $81 billion loan lifeline from the Swiss National Bank last week. So what is the key learning here? Investor sentiment has changed for all banks and now investors are scrutinising them all very carefully. While Credit Suisse's situation isn't directly linked to Silicon Valley Bank, it highlights that the even bigger banks aren't too big to fail. Last year, financial markets Markets were worried about whether Credit Suisse was going to be able to really fund itself and pay its debts. On top of this, in recent years, Credit Suisse has been more scandalous than an episode of Real Housewives. <laughs> we're talking tax evasion, yep. we're talking money laundering, the collapse of the Australia-founded Greensill Capital. And as a result, its customers, who are largely wealthy clients and businesses, they've been steadily taking their money out of the bank. And Credit Suisse is in the danger zone. Mm-hmm. For our third and final story, Coinbase, the major crypto exchange, has had a year
year from hell Ooh. after its trading volume collapsed by 50%. Coinbase is bleeding left, right, and center at the moment. So tell me more about this one. So Coinbase is one of the OG crypto exchanges that has really become mainstream. It was launched back in 2012, went public in 2021, grew to over 103 million users by the end of 2022. Thank you, kindly stat man. <laughs> now, Jazzy Boy, if 2021 was the year when Coinbase felt, you know, invincible mm-hmm. Superman style, well, 2022 was the year in which it came well and truly back down to earth. Its retail trading volumes dropped 50% last year. Its losses ballooned to get this 2.6 billion wow. US dollars. But Jazzy Boy, its stock-based compensation to its employees was 1.56 billion US dollars. And that's just under 50% of the company's total revenue for the period. Fascinating stuff, Jazzy Boy. So I've got to wonder, what is the key learning here? Companies use stock-based compensation as a way to incentivize and reward their employees. For the employee, it gives them ownership in the business. And that means their interests are aligned with the company's goals. And B-Man, for the company, stock-based compensation can help to conserve cash. The problem, though, for companies like Coinbase is they're dishing out so much stock. Which is now worth significantly less than what it was worth 12 months ago. So the incentive becomes a whole lot less sexy for employees to take this as opposed to cold, hard cash. Fluxfam, after a big first half of the year, we'll be taking two weeks to rest up and plan for a very big second half of 2023. Over the next two weeks, we'll miss you, but on July 10th, we'll be back better than ever. And although the pod may not be running for the next two weeks, we can assure you that the Flux app is absolutely firing and it's firing right now. So if you want the latest ins and outs around personal finance, including how to get your taxes in order before this tax time, make sure you download the Flux app. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on July 10th. (laughs)